Hey, I'm UFC President Dana White, and you're in the ring with Callum McGregor. Let's go! Let's go! Here we go. Uh, another big pay-per-view behind us, and we move into a fight night that initially when I looked at it, uh, you know, I wasn't sure, but uh, man, this is actually going to be, this is going to be some really good matchups on this card. Um, there's some good, some good, good fights, possibly some good finishes. Um, which will leave us with some spots and things to take a look at and angles to find. Um, how was your weekend and, and how did you fare in, uh, you know, the big pay-per-view that was? Yeah, honestly, uh, it was good. I wish I kind of put more on. It was kind of a favorites type card where a lot of people actually come, ended up coming through, where I was a little bit hesitant on putting money on. Um, I cashed that first round uh, submission for the first fight of the night, which is nice because, to be honest, usually the first fight of the night is the one that starts my night off not too well. But that was a good uh, call. And then um, I cast that Jalen Turner sub, plus 700. I saw a lot of people tweeting about that. That was good. And then I just kind of had like a favorites parley at uh, at the end of the night. You know, the Sean O'Malley's obviously that fight got a void. But with Izzy, Strickland, and Volkanovski. So... I said I didn't I didn't put too much on the card. It was just I said I felt there'd be more trap spots than there was. Yeah, man. I mean, I really like the Jalen Turner spot. It's it's not that that you know if you pick that spot or call that spot, you're uh, you know and I did as well that we're some big geniuses or anything. It's he's got length. Um, smaller guys that are going to try to wrestle or not want to stand with him are going to leave their neck exposed, and and he's aggressive at taking chokes. Like some guys don't want to go for the submission because they'd rather get the, the knockout win. They want to get the bonus for sure. And Turner doesn't give a fuck. He wants the win, um, secure the win bonus. Um, but he, he just goes in there and he's got that length. He's got the size and he's going to snatch up neck whenever he can. And you'll see this with a lot of guys that have that extra length that uh, are willing to go into the jujitsu realm. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, there's a bunch of bullshit that went on with Izzy. Um, he's in a Jones type mode now, right? Like he, Main, main events, pay-per-views. I think he makes obviously more money than Jones did back then, but he, it, it seems unremarkable, but no one's beating him. So, I mean, it is what it is. That's his game plan. That's his style. He's not forced to go into a firefight or into a war with anybody if you're not going to push him. And if he knows he's going to win running his game plan, then, I mean, it is what it is, man. Like, there's enough guys in lower on the card that you can watch knockouts for. He's a champion. You know, he's not going to risk everything and his whole livelihood and his whole everything just because you want to see a fucking knockout. I know, man. Or because you bet knockout because you, you know, and I get everybody was saying, you say, you know, he's going to do something different in the fight. It's like, yeah, because he is, he's selling the fucking fight. Yeah. So if you're buying into that, go on numbers, not on what people are saying. You know, and sometimes, yes, we have to look into interviews and see certain things about people. But when the, you know, a fighter's hyping up the fight, I mean, I don't know, especially the, the main event. He's got to hype that up. He's got to hype up the pay-per-view and he's going to run his game plan that he's going to run. And I thought he, you know, I, I was okay with the finish because you know what I did? I was on the right side of it. Why? Because of history. Mm -hmm. If you were on the other side of it, you were pissed off about the finish and that's it. That, that, that's what it came down to. Um, and if yeah, you're bored I'm, by it, then, you no, know, I, I get it. I don't even like bring up the idea of casual, this casual, whatever for big pay-per-views, there's a lot more eyes on it. And if they don't see this big knockout, they're expecting it. 
even though he's not the guy that does it. You know, he, he fights in actually close wars. And it happened to Jones. His wars got closer and closer um, as people started to figure out that distance and figure out what's going on. And obviously, we have the next fight that's going to be coming up against uh, Pereira. Man, I can't wait for that one because I, I got to be honest, I'm probably going to be on the Pereira side of that one. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up, man, because, like, I've been having the same argument with people a lot this week, too, where, like, I don't want to see everybody who's long-lasting in MMA sound like Chuck Liddell. Like, that's not, like, we saw that in the early years of MMA, and you look at half those guys now, and no offense, half of them are fucking half brain dead because all they're trying to do is show up and go into a barn burner to sell things, and, like, that's not the reality of it, like, if you're a fan of the knockouts and like, obviously we all are, we all want to see spectating era spectacles and everything. But at the end of the day, like Izzy was a minus five fifty favorite. Like, would you really be happier if he was going in there and engaging in a firefight with a guy like Cannoneer where his only win condition was a knockout? Like, unless you were just betting the dog on that one, like, I don't know why you would be mad that he chose to point fight that. Like, we always talk about this, man, and we always talk about win conditions. And from a betting perspective, I'm a lot happier seeing there with Izzy at the top of my ticket, kicking his legs and point fighting. I would be scared to watch him go in there and go into a brawl because that's literally giving Jared Cannonier's win condition. Like, you, um, you know, the, the, the most um, locky parlay I did was a two-piecer, two and it was um, Izzy by decision and Miller round one or two. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Um, and once I saw what I saw with Cerrone, man, just leading up to it, I was like, he's done. The, you know, he's probably going to hang it up. Like, he, he's either – I think even if he won that fight, he probably would have hung it up. Um, so, at least that's what they're even coming out I also want to say that I have a fucking strong hatred towards uh, Munoz at this point because I had a chalky submission parlay, but I had a plus 700 with Turner, and it had a plus 350, I believe, with um, – what's her name? The girl that was in the first fight. And the only other one was fucking Munoz, who was a minus 150 to get the submission. And I was so mad. And the thing is, your eye hole has never been submitted. And I heard a lot of people talking about it, like, it's plus money or it's a minus money on a prop. You should stay away from it. I was like, nah, this is easy money. And I was actually mad to see that Jalen Turner get that. Because I was like, dude, the payout on that, I put 30 bucks on it. The payout was like 700 bucks. Like, I was so mad that Munoz when did not get that. When in your parlay submission corner i got it back i still pay i still bet and turn her submission i was like nah fuck this this is still happening so at least i got my money back on it but fuck it could have been a lot better if the submission specialist had got a fucking submission but neither way I all i gotta say is uh when i tweeted it and when it came out and everything else jalen turner submission was plus 800 so i'm just gonna say i hope yeah. one of you motherfuckers like well i know i know a couple of you that actually did message me but I hope some some more of you profited from that. So we shall move on and, you know, digress from, you know, some of the bullshit, the pluses and minuses of the pay-per-view. And we will jump into a fight night. Uh, Rafael Dos Anjos against Rafael Fizev or Fizev. Um, this fight, uh, the line is already starting to sort of force my hand on this one. And I was already going to go one way anyways. I think that Fizev is a guy who I used to fade. And then I stopped fading. And one of the reasons why I faded him was the, the gas tank. And I just don't know. I think that's going to be the big thing. It's going to be deep waters. And you've got to know that Dos Anjos is going to, and obviously I'm jumping right into this. It's going to force a grappling exchange. Um, right now, let me pull up the, 
the line here. Sanyos plus 170 um, and Fazeev coming in at minus 200. And I think the line might get a little bit wider. I think that we may even get a, a couple more points on Dos Anjos in this one. I like him as the dog. I think he's going to grapple this situation, as I was saying. Um, I think he's going to force the gas tank of Fazeev, stay out of the way of the, the you know, the, you know, the power in the hands. Now, obviously the line's like this because Dos Anjos has been knocked out in the past, um, but he's also fought the who's who. And I think he's seen it all. And I think he's running the right game plans now, man. I think in a five round fight, it favors him. I think a three round fight, I'm going to go with Fazeev because I think even if it goes to decision, because he would have some bigger moments initially, possibly be able to win some striking uh, moments in, the, in those three rounds and, and really do it. I think those angels pours it on in four and five, um, potentially gets him out of there or wins the decision. And uh, I mean, that's sort of my take on it. If you look at the lines right now, just to give you, you know, inside the distance props, plus 400 for Tosanios in inside the distance. And if you want to look at physique getting him out of there, knocking him out. Um, plus 240 inside the distance. I say that because there is some subs that are potential on at least one side of this. Um, for you, what is your take on this? I just think that Dos Anjos is being disrespected um, because he has been knocked out in the past and, and Fazeev is a striking tacticianer. Like, it's more or less the line that scares me away from it. And to be honest, I don't think we'd be talking too much about RDA if he didn't just have that fight with Moicano not too long ago where he put on an absolute ass beating. Like, that's one of the worst shit kickings we've seen in a while. Um, now, on the physique side, just the same, right? Like, that Brad Riddell, uh, Riddell win isn't looking as good as it did after Saturday night. Like, that's Brad Riddell's second time, I think, getting finished in a row. Definitely has shown some durability issues. So as much as Fazeev looked good in that fight, that's kind of what's leaning me on the RDA side as well. But I think this fight to me is a lot more straightforward than people bring it, uh, making it out to be. I think it's Fazeev early or RDA late. Like yeah. Fazeev is going to be live in the first couple of rounds. He's definitely going to be winning minutes in the first couple of rounds. I think he can definitely keep RDA on his back foot and land the better shots. But it's just if that's going to be enough. So... I honestly, I like the under in this fight. It's in that plus money right now. I do have some lines that I just realized on it, but the under 4.5 is sitting at a plus 125. And like, I don't hate that because I feel like even if we go back and you watch the Bobby Green fight with uh, Fazeev, he was getting close to getting finished in that third round. And whenever he started showing gas tank issues, his durability kind of went out the drain. And we know RDA is going to be there the whole game. He's been in tons of five round wars and he's never, ever slowed down. So he's a killer be killed type of fighter. And I don't think Fizzy is the guy that's going to be doing the killing. Yeah. I mean, I think we're on the same side of that. The breakdown sort of match up. And I think that four rounds, four or five is Dos Anjos's time to either win rounds, potentially split and take one of the first three rounds um, and then take a decision and, or put him away. So that would play out to maybe rounds four or five and decision for Dos Anjos as a play and then go Fizzy one, two, and three. Um, the lines aren't out on that yet. I, I like the way you play that. And I think there, you know, as much as you want to go with parlays, I don't think this is the card to do it. I think there's so many ways to attack these fights individually. And if you just pick one, two, or maybe three, don't get stupid um, to really dig into, you can actually come out and, and make some profits. So um, we will move forward. We, we both on the Dos Anjos train. I think there's too much value there. The grappling and, and the five rounds is just going to wear emphasis. So we move to Caio Barayo, Barayo against uh, Armin Petrosian. Barayo um, is the most mispronounced name in MMA, but possibly one of the most talented guys up and coming right now. 
he touts himself as, you know, uh, fight IQ vet. Like he's this guy, he's a professor and he likes to wear the glasses. And well, obviously he needs to wear the glasses, but he plays this, this Clark Kent type role. Um, but this man is a striking, uh, he's a danger for you, man. He's a danger on the feet. He hits you from multiple different angles. Uh, he will hit you in close. He will hit you with some dirty box. He will grapple you, but also he does really well at just circling off the cage um, and really staying out of your your strength if you have some striking. And, he, and he's proven this multiple times, even with Aaron Jeffrey. He stayed out of his way. I know Aaron Jeffrey is not Armin Petrosian on the feet. I get it. Petrosian is uh, a high-level kickboxer. But um, Barreo, he, he could get hit or he could lull Petrosian into – I think it's going to be – this is going to be over. Um, I don't think that – you know, some people might think that Barreo is going to come in and just – finish Armin early. I don't think that's going to be the case. I think if it happens, it's going to be a little bit later. Um, Petrosian, I, I think he's better on the feet. I think you would agree with me on that. But I, I think obviously the takedowns, you know, I think likely Barrio is going to take him down in under a round and a half, at least get him to the ground. And once it's there, I don't think he lets him up. Um, he's pretty aggressive. He will use a jiu-jitsu to keep you on the ground. It's not necessarily his wrestling that's going to keep you on the ground. He's going to use some strength, but then also leverage, say, a key lock or something to try to keep you there. And then eventually move to his, his positions that he needs to. So um, definitely interesting matchup. I, I was big on the Petrosian um, train, and I'm, I'm sort of actually baffled by this matchup. I thought they may keep these guys separate for a little while and then let them sort of run for a bit. But uh I think that uh, Kyle wins, but I'm sort of staying off this as a betting line. I think the line's sort of sitting. What's it sitting at right now? We got plus 185 for Um, Kyle Barrow coming in at minus 215. The line's too wide for me. Uh, maybe looking for a submission prop, but I, I just sort of stayed off it altogether. What's your thoughts? Um, I know I said no parlays, like, but if you're going to do a parlay, I think uh, Kyle is one that would be in it. Honestly, I don't really hate the line because I don't really see where Armin's going to win minutes. I think his win condition is pretty dependent on a KO and I would have to see some sort of durability issues or something with Kyle for that, for me to even like go to it. Like, I, yeah, the minus two fifteen may be a little bit too much, but at the end of the day, like Kyle's got the jujitsu experience. He's got decent enough hands to keep it on the feet. And at the end of the day, like Armin knows that he's going to be shooting for takedowns and it's going to be a grapple heavy approach on his part which is where you see kickboxers and Muay Thai style fighters get put a little bit more on the back foot. Because if you look at a lot of Armin's fights, he's a pretty kick heavy uh, fighter. So if he's going to be throwing a lot of leg kicks, a lot of body kicks, he's going to be opening himself up to those takedowns. And I just think it makes a clear path to victory. I don't think his boxing will be enough to keep Kyle off him. Um, I wouldn't advise touching this fight with anything other than the money line, though, because I think regardless which prop you go with, the possibilities are all there. Kyle can ground and pound him out. He can rock him on the feet, or he can go for submission, or we can see a lot of what we saw in the Aaron Jeffries fight where his grappling defense is actually better than we're giving him credit for, and you see a lot of clinch control when it goes to a decision. So with Armin, I said he did look very relatively good against Gregory Rodriguez. But I don't think he won that fight. I didn't agree with the split decision. I did. I was holding an arm and ticket. So I will take it. But that fight kind of, uh, I was with you, man. I was really on the hype train before. The head kick on the contender series, it looked good. But I have more faith in Kyle Sealing than I do in Armin's at this point. Yeah, you're looking at it right, man. It's way more avenues. Um, 
Kyle, uh, he has an ability to be able to stay at the the you want to get somebody at the end of your punches, but he's just off of that. So even if you do touch him, it's not fully. Um, he's circling out, and you're not really hitting him, and then he's moving back in again. Um, he'll counter you uh, pretty nicely yeah. as well too, and then he's going to be aggressive, so he'll snatch up the neck as well too, which is my favorite thing. I love when someone's if someone's hurt, man, and you have subs, man. Take it, take it. That way we can cash those goddamn. Unless tickets. you're Glover to share against your Bahaska, because you lost that fight for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I think we uh, have a side in this one, so I think we'll move on. We'll move to Said Nurmagomedov against the Silva. <laughs> They Andrade, and, and man, I, I mean, if we're looking at it with this fight, number going to Medov is sitting at what right now? I don't know if I have the line for that one right now. One second. I'll give it to you right now. He's sitting at, I say that and my thing just froze up. Um, He's sitting right now at a minus 220 or 255 or side, and De La Silva is a plus 215. Yeah, so with the yeah, he's plus, plus 215. That's right. So, I mean, with this one, we're looking at a guy who has a lot more experience, but I, I'm still happy with Saeed's amount of experience. So we're seeing uh, the Silva and uh, Silva Day Andrade, who he's fought the who's who. He's been around for some time. That's part of what's going to give him at least a little bit of a doggy edge. He does have power in his hands and the chance to maybe potentially catch Saeed. But uh, Saeed is going to ride here. The man is just on the feet, leaps and bounds way better. I think he's going to just... I think uh, Silva de Andrade is going to overcommit in some of his strikes and just get tagged right the fuck up. And, you know, I'm even looking at some props on this one. I think this is a perfect play to see a snatch and grab on a neck or or because he, he just um, recently did it. He's willing to do it. When someone's willing to do that and they see it, I'm willing to sprinkle on something like that. So I think inside the distance is a nice play for Saeed as well, too. The line, like you were saying, is minus 255. If you look at uh, de Andrade inside the distance, if he, you know, it's, if he gets a sub and or um, a KO, it's plus 400. Nurmagomedov going to off by sub is plus 325. I like that line right there. Um, I know I'm getting a little bit aggressive with it, but I think uh, he's just going to snatch and grab that shit, take it, and uh, we're going to cash him. Yeah, um, this fight's kind of a stay away from me. I haven't seen enough from side to um, justify paying this type of pricing on it. And if anybody learned from uh, Douglas De La Silva – this is one like I will forever be mad about because his last fight was on the um, Izzy uh, Brun or not Izzy Brunson card. Um, either way, the last card that Derek Brunson was on, <clears throat> and it's when he fought uh, Sergey Moza, and I was heavy on the De La Silva side. And then this is one of the reasons why I stopped paying so much attention to other podcasts because everything I saw was like Sergey's going to gas out and De La Silva's going to catch him. And then I was flying to Cuba the next day, locked myself into the hundred dollar parlay. And the only thing that I lost was um, De La Silva uh, getting that KO because I put my money on Sergey. So the point of all this is you can never count this guy out. Um, mm-hmm. This guy's got power in all of his hands. He took an absolute shit kicking in the first round of that fight and was still mm-hmm. able to keep going. So if Saeed has any sort of durability issues that we haven't seen, there's a good chance this is the style of fight that they're going to get exposed in. So for me, it's a stay away. I'll be with you. I'll side with uh, Saeed, but the only play I'd probably have on this fight personally would just be like a sprinkle at the plus 500 for um, Dale Silva, maybe even like third round or something like that. Cause you know, Saeed's going to ride out for the majority of this. Yeah. Line. It's definitely, if you're digging in on it, you're going to go proppy. Um, yeah. There's not really too much value in anything. Too juice. Else, so. All right. Next lot, next fight on the card, we have Jared Bandera against Chase Sherman. 
I'll say it again. Next fight on the card, we have Jared Bandera against Jay Sherman. Yeah. Am I boring you right now? I mean, this isn't going to be boring. It's going to be sloppy, and, and someone's going to go to sleep likely pretty early. We have a heavyweight tilt uh, with Chase Sherman, who I don't even know how he's still doing it. He's got to know where the bodies are buried. He's got to have pictures. He's been on Epstein's Island. Some, something's going on. Um, but we got 15 and 10, Chase Sherman against, I say it again, Jared Vandera, 12, 8, and 0. And for me, I, I mean, I could say Jared Vandera should beat Chase Sherman. I could try to break down. I, I'll, I didn't watch any tape on this. Because I, I just think you should stay away from it. If you want to say fight doesn't go the distance, great. Um, Vandera likely should beat Sherman because I'm just I'm thinking he's just collecting money right now. And, but at the same time, it just doesn't matter. I don't think you put anything in on this one. I think you walked away from it. Um, and that's it, man. Go grab a pop. Get back in time before the, the, the first round. And then watch the KO, whoever on what side. So I'm going to stay off it and not even spend any more gas on it. But what, what do you got? Yeah, it's it's nothing I would put my money on, man. As I said, there's a hard passing where I don't bet chalky women's MMA and I don't bet overweight heavyweights. And that's all you're getting this, man. Chase Sherman hasn't looked good since he popped for steroids. Jared Vernander's never looked good. Um, the only thing I was looking at, I saw somebody tweet out that Jared's a black belt and Chase has no ground game. But the sub props plus five. He hasn't subbed anybody in a while, though. I looked at that, man. It's like uh, I, I don't think anyway. You can double. You can nah, check that and again, it's only but... plus five fifty, man. Like this, like if it was like plus like thirteen hundred or something, like these, massive. These are the fights that you maybe just miss on, yeah. and you you know you maybe win on your big spot that you're happy with, but then you you know put money into this and you lose money on it. And this is why you didn't walk away with any money at the end of the night. Stay yeah, away from it. Stay off it. If you bet on it, it's on your own fucking accord. So next fight on the card, we have Michael Johnson against Jamie Malarkey. And Jamie Malarkey's a guy who I used to, to ride because of the pressure. The guy who's just, just going to be there with some wrestling, grappling, dirty boxing. He's going to tag you um, and just outwork you and outwill you and outbreak you. Um, but that chin, when you run that game, is going to eventually be susceptible and he's going to get caught. And, you know, with the guy like Michael Johnson coming off a big win, I know that a lot of people are like, stay off this fight, Michael Johnson this, Michael Johnson that. I'm, I'm into recency bias with that. I'm sorry. If the guy is just coming off a KO win and at the same time, he's going to believe, be believing himself, believing his own shit right at this point, then man, jump on that train. Why wouldn't you jump on that train? Jamie Malarkey's coming off his, his loss to Jalen Turner and everybody's just sort of downplaying it because it's Jalen Turner, but he still got knocked out by a left hook, right? So, or sorry, a right hook. So, I mean, the reality of the fact is, is why would you not want to jump on a little bit of Michael Johnson? I don't see any reason why not to. Um, I'm in on Michael Johnson with this fight. I think that he's going to hit him and hit him hard. He came out like everybody talks so much shit about the guy about being back and forth. And last fight he came out and everything was with intent. He landed and he was trying to knock him the fuck out. So I, I just think that it, it's an easy pick. The fact that Michael Johnson's the dog right now is a little bit crazy. He's plus 200 against the minus 240 of Jamie Malarkey favorite chalk, 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 chalk. Um, I'm, I'm just going to go Michael Johnson all day on this one. You can tell my energy shifted on it because I just think that it's a spot. And I, I think it's dumb not to. Um, it doesn't mean that you overinvest, but it, I think it's an opportunity to to clean up some money. Uh, Michael Johnson finishes Jamie Malarkey inside the distance. KO. Yeah, um, and uh, if you're looking at it, Michael Johnson KO is plus 325. Malarkey decision, if that's what you think is going to happen, is plus 240. Um, 
Yeah, see, I got Van the other in this one, man. The thing with Jamie Malarkey is I will say I do get nervous betting on a guy who just got killed so recently. But, like, if you look at his last couple of fights, man, like, Devontae Smith is a decent guy. Karma Worthy, still not bad. Like, and Jalen Turner, I mean, we saw what this guy's capable of. And even past that, man, yeah, they're fighting for, for Asiyam. Um, the thing with Michael Johnson is, although he looked like a world beater in his last fight, he still got rocked, and he got rocked by Alan Bedo or not Alan Bedo, sorry, by um, uh, Alan Patrick. And it, it's worrisome for me, man. Like, he's worrisome. He lost to Clay Weed. He lost to Tiago Moe. He's Stevie Ray. Josh Emmett, I'll give him his credit. He was winning that fight. But prior to the, uh, that, man, his last win was over the GOAT in Artem Lobov. So I'm on the malarkey side. Um, I'm not going to bet the money line on this one. I like violence in the spot. I think the minus 200 on flight doesn't go the distance is a parlay piece. Or if you like betting that high is a straight bet for you. But I think at the end of the day, Malarkey's going to clip him early. And if he doesn't, Johnson will clip him late. So. Yeah. And it's like I said, man, it's, it's really, for me, it's just simple. The lines are so wide. Yeah. And you have a guy who's who's fought the who's who. Yeah, he's lost to some. He's beat some. He's shown poor fight IQ and dragged things into waters he shouldn't have. And they're just finishing guys earlier. Um, but when you have him coming off of a KO win, should, we shouldn't put so much into it. But when you're going to give me that much meat in the bone, I'm going to fucking eat it. So that's just sort of my angle. But I fully see your side. You're just playing more of a safer side of it. But I, I, I'm still with Malarkey. I do like the guy. But I think that uh, Johnson's going to do it, man. I think he's going to put him out. Okay, next fight in the card, we have Cynthia Calvillo against Nina Nunes. I don't want to spend too long on this one, at least for myself. But, I mean, there's sort of a clear path here. I think that Cynthia Calvillo cannot, she hasn't been able to take anybody down. And I think that if she kept committing to try and take people down and actually work some trips, some inside trips, get some stuff up in the cage, work some chain wrestling and get things going, if she invested in that to get her grappling going and just get wins by sub, and even maybe eventually some ground and pound, work on that first, um, she would have a lot more success in the UFC. She wants to fight and strike and bang. And then you have Nina Nunes coming in, who really, I mean, has some decent takedowns, takedown defense, but has some decent stand-up. And if she even just sort of shucks off Calvillo at least once or twice, all that's going to do is just deter Calvillo from going to grappling. And she's going to just run her back into, I'm a striker. If she gets Calvillo into, I'm a striker, it's over. Calvillo is going to lose. That's my take on it. I think Nina Nunes is going to win, win with this one. I think Calvillo is not going to be able to get it to the ground right away. She's not going to be able to just become leaps and bounds as best, better rep, uh, wrestler um, and Greco-Roman wrestler to be able to get this where it needs to be. So I just think Nina Nunes, Nina Nunes is going to win, but I'm staying off it, staying away from it because it's just too, too sketchy for me. Um, we have Nunes coming in at plus 130. So I'm with the dog, obviously, against Calvillo, who's minus 150. She just shown poor fight IQ time and time again. And what do we fade on the on the podcast? Poor fucking fight IQ, man. Yes, sir. So I'll pass it off to you. What do you think? Yeah, I'm on the same side, man. Um, Cynthia really hasn't won a fight in a very long time. And honestly, like strength of schedule is still on the Nina Nunes size as well. You know, Mackenzie Dern, Tatiana Suarez. She has very good takedown defense in herself. And once again, man, like you played at people's win conditions and that Andrea Lee fight, man, like Cynthia took a, like she took a really bad beating and it's one of those career changing type beatings. Like she was on the stool, man, and she did not want to be there anymore. Right. She got KO'd by Jessica Andrade. Like her last win was Jessica. I man. And then 
prior to that was Courtney Casey. You know what I mean? Like it's not, she's not beating or even facing or she's facing the higher level competition per se, but she's not coming close to beating any of them. So I like Nina in the spot, man. Um, you know, we all know Nina's married to Amanda and I got to figure she's getting the better training in. Yeah. Imagine her running takedown defense with her. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. Like, I'm surprised you're getting plus money. Like, I think this fight would probably be lying to pick up or even reverse with Nina being the slight favorite. So I'm kind of surprised you're getting plus money on the other side. So I said, do you think I know we maybe I've been sort of burnt or scorned over the past little while? Um, Do you think maybe this is a spot that you just go Nina by decision and really actually make that sort of a pick? Um, and then if you get burnt by it, Calvillo just proves you wrong. And so what? Because she's come out and done the, the wrong thing three times in a row, I think. So, yeah, like um, it's sitting at, I think, plus 220. I just had it pulled up here. Um, yeah. You know what? Maybe like, that is a play. I mean, maybe we'll tweet it out. I mean, I, I want to stay yeah. off it, but it's kind of um, actually Calvillo just, just when you show so, so much poor fight IQ, it actually may be a thing to fake. Yeah. And then that's it. Right. And then once again, like Cynthia's wind conditions, in my opinion, are fairly limited. And if it stays standing, she's going to get beat up. And we haven't seen her have any, have any success with takedowns in quite some time. So, yeah. but as you said, man, no, no, it's, it's women's MMA, man. I fucking digress. I stay away. So there but, might be an angle there, though, man. But uh, yeah. next part of the card, we have Eamon Zahabi against Ricky Tercios. Um, I know that a lot of people are really on the Ricky Tercio side of this, and I think that volume really does speak volumes. Uh, um, but with him, I think he's, he's he's throwing and landing about seven strikes per minute, and then he's absorbing about four, four and a half per minute. And But when he does get hit, it looks bad to the judges. That's the first thing. Next thing, he does leave himself exposed quite a bit. He almost looks like a poor man's Max Holloway. Um and for me, with Ayman Zohabi, once again, this is sort of a momentum thing. When you're going to give me some plus money, and what are we sitting at currently right now? Uh, Zohabi's sitting at plus 160, minus 190 on the newly, um, you know, the, the new guy in the UFC, Ricky Tercios. I mean, he, had, he comes out that win off uh, Brady Highstand, who's more of a jiu-jitsu guy. And that's great. You know, good win, sure. But, I mean, I'm not overly impressed by this guy yet. I know he has the volume. I know he showed some defense there, but he didn't really fight someone who I know Iman doesn't have, and everybody's all over Zobby right now about his volume, but he does land. And it, you know, I know that he defensively um, still, like I think he's absorbing about four strikes per minute and then he's landing about three to three and a half per minute. So that's not quite where it needs to be. But when you give me plus money once again, on, and then give me some plus money on a KO, Zahabi right now is plus 450 and he's coming off a KO. And then we have a guy who, who's, you know, a lot of people are putting it a lot more into him. He's brand new in the UFC and he's hittable. So I don't know. I'm going to touch it up. I'm going to go uh, as a hobby on this one. I know a lot of people are on the other side of this and I know you might be on the other side of this and I'm, I'm cool with that, but I'm going to go old Canada Zahabi wins uh, inside the distance or even look at the KO profit plus 450. Yeah. Um, I'm not necessarily on the other side of it. Like, but I think this is once again like there's a lot of fights on these on this card where I see it's two guys have two different win conditions, right? Yeah. So decision finish. Yeah, this is essentially what it comes down to. Uh, if you look at our Canadian boy there, all of his fights that he's won have pretty much come in the first round, and the fights that he's lost have been decision. So as I said, like the writing's on this wall for this one, man. If you can get one of these fight ends in KO or decision props, even if it's minus five hundred probably worth a hammering parlay piece um because i said the longer the fight goes like i figure it does favor ricky 
But both these guys are relatively unproven. Both these guys aren't fighting a high level of competition. And I've heard a lot of people be like, oh, well, he'll make KO Draco or Draco, whatever the guy's name is. But who is Ricky Tercio beat? You know what I mean? So, as I said, level of competition is low. Both guys have a path to victory. So, but I say, if you're getting, if you're saying you're getting plus 500 on the KO prop, I would take it. Like, yeah, I would even take probably first round. And KO. he's coming off of, he's coming off of a KO, right? So, I mean, I get that he has lower volume, but obviously, like, and the thing too is you also bet on the camp, right? So, Hobby's uh, uh, master of a game plan. So, I don't know, man. <laughs> I, I mean, his brother, obviously. Um, next fight in the card, we have Antonina Shevchenko still around. I thought she had retired. Guess not. Against Courtney Casey, um, 10 and 9, probably maybe at this point should retire. Um, Antonina coming off of a submission win that we didn't see coming. The girl gets taken down at, at will, and Courtney Casey seems to struggle to take people down, but where she gets them down, she can submit people. Her winning condition is submission. If you're going to touch this fight, I'm staying fully off it. it this is the 1 800 gambler. Uh, shout out to Uncle Weezy. But I think that what, you know, the only way to touch this is, is a prop. You can look at a submission. We have the actual line on the card is minus 175 for Shevchenko against Casey, who's at plus 145. If you want to make the asshole bet, the asshole bet is Casey by sub at plus 600. So um, jump on it if you want. Otherwise, I'm done talking about it. <laughs> yeah, like if you look at <laughs> Shevchenko, if she's losing, it's all on the ground. If you look at Courtney Casey, if she's losing, it's on the ground. So I don't know, man. As I said, I don't really fuck with women's MMA anymore. Shevchenko to me is the right full favorite. Um, and honestly, I could even see her coming in and shooting for takedowns, but this fight's probably going to happen, man. I'm just, I'm, I'm tapping. Like I said, I'm not overly invested in it. It's just Casey is a grappler. Although she loses on the ground, like that's what she's going to do. And Shevchenko's not very good on the ground at all. She's a striker. Um, so that, that's why I was sort of looking at that. I'm just trying to dig and find spots on each one, but this ain't it the is a stay line. away for me for the most part. <laughs> this ain't the one. As is the next one. This is mostly a stay away for me as well, too. We got Cody Brundage, 7-2-0 against Trayshawn Gore, 3-1-0. Should be headlining BFL at this point. I don't think he should be, you know, 3-1-0, right? You got to be like a Pereira or a Pereira. To, to be in the UFC of a 3-1-0 record. But anyways, um, Treshawn Gore came out and he looked hesitant in his debut, right? Like, he, he looked like he just couldn't pull the trigger the whole way through the fight. Um, does have the power in his hands, is a world beater, and, and a lot of people are calling him to come out in this fight. This is going to be his come out, coming out party. I, I think with this fight, with uh, Treshawn Gore and Cody Brundage, I'm really going to stay off this one. I think this is uh, a fight that if you think you have a hot take on, you can maybe go with a Gore. KO, but I'm just staying away from it altogether. I don't really have a hot take at all. Um, I'll, I'll sit and watch and see if Gore shows me something new. Brundage, I've never really been fully impressed with. I don't think he's level of the, the UFC at this point. So, um, what's your take with this one? Yeah, to be honest, man, like I actually like Cody Brundage a lot on the spot. I understand you being a little bit on the stay away thing. I think we saw a lot from Brundage in the Dalcha fight. He got rocked really hard. And he was still able to keep his wrestling going and able to get the submission, even finish him. Dolce is a judo black belt, and even before he had Cody Rocks, he gave up a takedown as well. So I think that kind of shows the level of grappling Cody can show. Um, he had that fight with Nick Maximoff where they were both landing takedowns on each other, but stayed, stayed competitive all the way through. With Trayson Gore, um, like, 
with that Brian Battle fight, man, like he threw like seven punches in the first round. I'm probably under exaggerating, but it's a very, very slow fight. And I think if you have a guy like Brundage who is going to be able to push that pace and keep him on his back foot, it's going to force him to try and get into a firefight. And I think that's just going to open up the takedowns more. Because if you watch any of Brundage's fight, he's kind of like the Clay Guida-esque style. Like, he doesn't slow down. He'll be shooting, and if he's not shooting, he'll be throwing punches. So I think it's just going to kind of throw off Trace on Gore. The guy's only 4-1, doesn't have a crazy amount of experience. So I think this is something that's probably just going to be a dog or pass. And as I said, I think I'll probably put a bet on Cody myself. All right. Sounds good. I think, uh, yeah, you got a good breakdown on that one. I don't know where the folly was in that, but um, next one on the card, Kenny Kennedy and Jukwu against Carl Roberson. Um, Carl Roberson is a guy who, I mean, if you'd backed him in the past, is disappointed in the past, um, striking should be a lot better than it is. The man you figured would come along and, and figure his way through, but has not. Um, his record is, is obviously showing. Right now, he is the dog, but not by too much. He's only a plus 105 against um, Kennedy, who's coming in at minus 125. I think this fight, I like the the fight doesn't go the distance at minus 163. I think both guys have been finished um, quite a bit. I know that Kennedy's win condition is not submissions, and Roberson's, one of his loss conditions is subs. Um, so that's sort of off the table, but maybe not. I mean, who knows? Uh, one, you know, anybody can grab a neck. Um, but that being said, I, I think this fight doesn't go to uh, – Decision minus 163 is a good play. I like Kennedy KO uh, plus 250 and even Kennedy round one plus 600. I'm just not on the Roberson side on this one. It's more of a, I'm thinking about staying away completely, but I think that uh, Kennedy is just going to be, you know, with the nine inch reach advantage. um, I can't dismiss that. I can't. And both guys are going to want to stand and strike. I think although Kennedy is is shown that he can get tagged and, and, and rocked, I think that Kennedy rides on Carl here and knocks him out. Plus 600, yeah. why not? Kennedy KO is plus 600? Round one. Round one, okay, okay. Um, yeah, dude, I'm on the same side, man. Because Carl Robinson, one, he's moving up and wait for this. Or he, I think he moved up and wait for his last fight where he last fought fight, round yeah. three. And, um, like, Did that go well? I can't remember. Did that go well? No, no, not at all. So. I don't think it went well at all. <laughs> went very poorly for, uh, for a buddy there. Um and yeah, like uh, with Njuku, like in his last fight, I know he lost a split decision, but he lost what should have been a draw because of the point deduction, because of the low blows. He wholeheartedly won that fight. It's just there was a couple of things that happened that led to be a point deduction. So it should have been scored a draw. Um, but I do side with him heavily in this fight, man, because with Carl Robinson, man, like the guy's the type of guy that gives up. And you can't bet on guys that don't have – that type of giving them where they're, you know, they're going to fight for your money. We say it all the time. And with Kennedy, you know, he's going to throw bombs. Like how many punches did he take from, um, who's that guy? He just had a KO two weeks ago. Aussie guy. He's a, uh, Albert. Albert. Yeah. How many punches did he take from Albert and came back in the third and KO'd him, you know? Yep. So I think the line, I'm surprised it is where it was. I'm pretty sure Kennedy's the favorite now. The last time I checked, they're like a minus 113, minus 113 on FanDuel. So I I'm think with that Kennedy all day, man. going to be too much, and Roberson's going to leave himself wide open. And I think that yeah. round one is available. Or even get maybe, you know, Kennedy when the line comes out for round one and two. Um, but next fight in the card, we have what could be a fight that could be main 
main events on the prelims anyways of this this card really um but they're starting off with ronnie lawrence against sadyokov uh and you know ronnie lawrence is a guy that you want to back in this man but i mean coming in he's minus 135 plus 115 for kak so the line's not too bad if you're on the lawrence side and really his smothering style he's still active in it with his hands when he's when he's got you on the ground and he's working side control and doing what he's doing but Man, I, I, I'm leaning, I mean, I've been leading in watching tape and I'm leaning more on side Jakub uh, Kakaramanov on this fight. I think that he's going to be not only aggressive with his hands, but then also aggressive with any subs that come along the way. And I think that it's there. So I'm still a little bit torn because it's Ronnie Lawrence. And I think he's a guy who he's just so dominant with his approach, but he's also hittable and, uh, you know, I don't know, man. I, I, like, what, what, are you, what are your sort of thoughts on this? We got, we got plus 135, or sorry, plus 115, like I said, for Kak Romanov, minus 135 for Ronnie Lawrence. Lawrence' decision is plus 150. Romanov, um, inside the distance, is plus 260. And then I even like the sub potential there as well, too. I don't have the line on that one, but uh, how are you looking at this one? I, I think I'm, I'm probably going to go with the Kak Romanov side in this one. I think just think that uh, there's some avenues there, and I like it. Yeah, man. Um, <laughs> so if you look at Ronnie Lawrence, right, and you look on takedowns average per 15 minutes, he is shooting on average 9.15 takedowns, man. He's got it's a nuts. 78% accuracy with the takedown. He's got a 100% takedown defense. Um, I think it's just going to be too much, man. Even if you look at a man, he lands more strikes per minute than uh, Rock Monoff. That's, yeah, and a yeah, lot of that's Mark- in like top control and and up against the cage. Like he he is very busy, and you're right. That's why I, I'm not going to hate the decision one. And I'm sorry to cut you off. Ronnie Lawrence by decision really is probably the likelihood here. Um, so I am sort of with you on that. Yeah, like I just I think Ronnie Lawrence is just gonna be the better side in this one. And once again, like uh, like we I've said all throughout this podcast, another one of these win condition fights where it's gonna be the Ronnie Lawrence decision or probably Rachmaninoff KO if he ends up being able to slip up from the takedowns and kind of, you know, if Lawrence gives him the opportunity, you know he's going to take it. He had that KO win over Trevin Jones that was pretty devastating, and he took that fight on short notice. So, you know, there's no counting this guy out. But I think Ronnie Lawrence will just be the smarter fighter, be able to keep it grounded, and probably ride himself to a 30-27 decision. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I'm not hating that idea. I know that's one of the more likely outcomes as far as breaking it down. I just think that uh, I think Kak Romanov could actually come out with uh, inside the distance here. I mean, I think he could either sub him or even possibly catch him and put him out. Um, I'm just trying to look to win. When was the last time Lawrence lost? It's been a while. Yeah, it's been a very long time. 2016. Yeah, he's just been dominant and learned from his loss against what, Garcia. Has he lost since then? No. No. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm sort of thinking you're more on the side of the, the victor with that one, but I'm still, I sort of like the, maybe I'm just leaning into the, the sub prop, maybe a little bit too much there, but I think either or, I, I think the only problem is, is where this poses a problem for people is Ronnie Lawrence starting the top ticket, Ronnie Lawrence being a guy that everybody's so sure of, and Ronnie Lawrence having you to re-up everything when the second fight starts, you know, it could happen, and the first fight of the night, Lawrence gets finished, your parlays get all blown up. I can see it. So keep if you're going to attack this fight, I would say just go Ronnie Lawrence decision by itself. Call it a day. I think that's the smartest way to play it. Don't parlay him. In the last three fight cards, all three dogs have won in the opening fight. Yeah. So 
Maybe that trend's going to continue. Yeah, and then you're chasing and leaves you play just dumb. So, I mean, I think if you can get off with a win, if it, that's the most likelihood win, win condition, then go with your decision, Lawrence, and then sprinkle maybe a cock Romanov inside the distance. But, I mean, still yeah. attack this by itself. I think I don't think parlay it. You may think differently, but I just think uh, that would be the best way to do it. Just from how things have been, it's bad juju for the first fight. So Yeah, it's, and honestly, it's too low low for me. One thing I've learned over the fact that UFC's put out so many cards is that whenever you get cards like this, where there is a lot of spots where it can go either way, pick your two or three spots, either parlay them or put out a couple straight bets and just accept the fact that not every card needs to be overly profitable. Like this is one of those cards where I feel like you're going to be reaching for spots. And if you invest too much money into it, you're just going to lose your money. Like there's a reason why some of these lines are too wide. Some of them are too close. And most of them, the variables are really high on either end. So pick your two, three, two or three spots you like. And just realize that the next four weeks have much better cards and much better betting opportunities than this one. This is just the layover from the big pay-per-view that they put on just for shits and giggles. They know half these people aren't going to be watching it. And on that note, I think, you know, some of my better spots that I like, I, I really like Zahabi coming in here at uh, plus 160 money line. I think that by itself is a play. I think the KO at plus 450. I mean, come on. You just, you know, he's coming off his hands working for him last fight. His brother's in his corner. Um, I'll take that all day long against Tercios, who I'm not sold on. And, you know, we're more sold on him being this hippie guy with peace, love, and happiness. But, you know, lost boys this. Um, Jamie Malarkey, I mean, I, I get your side of it completely because I've been on that side many times. For me, I like the Michael Johnson KO at plus uh, 325, but even him money line at plus 200. But his win condition really likely would just be plus 325. But I don't see him winning a decision just because if Malarkey makes it all the way through three rounds, it's likely because he's just been smothering the shit out of Johnson um, and really didn't get tagged too much. So I like the Johnson plus 325. Um, Nurmagan Um, I like him sub, man, plus 325. That's another one I was looking at. But, I, I mean, from there, those are just ones that are, are decently there, decent ones. I, I'm really liking Dos Anjos, though, as possibly one of my strongest plays, which I know is a main event. But Dos Anjos inside the distance at plus 400, or if you can get him later on at four or five or by decision, I think that's just one of the strongest plays on the card. Um, and it's very rare that I would say that for a main event, but I'm, I'm really going to stick with it on that one. I think Dos Anjos is one of the guys to ride with. Um, but what are some of your stronger plays? And we'll cap it off with that. I'll be honest, there's only three fights on this card where I'm relatively confident in, and one of them kind of goes against what we just said. But um, Ronnie Lawrence is probably on the higher end of me. Uh, Kennedy, Andrew, I'm not going to say his last name. Kennedy, minus 125. That line's getting steamed a little bit. So if you're going to bet Kennedy, I bet it soon. The line is definitely increasing. And um, and CEO. So those are really only the three money line plays I like the best. Um, I really like fight doesn't go the distance with RDA and Raphael. It's sitting at plus money right now. Yep. I really feel like that's going to. What's it one, at plus what? Plus 125. You know what? That's possibly one of the safest spots, I think, in the card. I can't yeah, see this decision, man. No, neither can I, right? Um, with uh, Douglas De La Silva, I like the KO prop at like plus 400. But once again, like that's just, it's a sprinkle. I think the line's way too wide. Do not touch Jared Vandana or Chase Sherman. If you do, I will personally call the police on you. Um, Jamie Malarkey, Michael Johnson. Nunez, and Nunez by decision over Calvillo, I think, is actually one of the sharpest spots, even though it's something that we would normally say stay away from. But 
as always, we like to watch tape. We enjoy doing it. We hope we line your pockets as we line ours. As always, don't tap Nick Eagle, Callum McGregor. And if you don't like us. What we've got here is failure to communicate. Hey, I'm UFC President Dana White, and you're in the ring with Callum McGregor. Let's go! Let's go!